Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May. This is a a Power Up episode I'm calling Study Your Own Script. So by script, I mean I'm talking about the things you say in your mind about yourself, about life, about others. And oftentimes that means self-judgment and just negative self-talk. The things that we see inside our heads that tell us how to act and what we perceive about ourselves. Because we all have things we believe about ourselves and how we are perceived. And that is something that's very different than what others perceive in the outside world. And that also changes. It changes like it can change in a blink of an eye. It changes over the course of our lives too. So I want you to think about the fact that there is no such thing as reality. We all experience something different based on our own lens. And the only thing that really exists is the experience we have of reality. And everyone has, you know, a different reality. Everyone lives a different version of, you know, the concrete world, material world, um, including our, ourselves, our, um, our actions, our bodies, the way those bodies look, the things we do, what those things mean. And depending on what's top of mind for you, reality changes. That's like the whole VW bug principle. Like if you're shopping for, let's say, a VW bug, you will see VW bugs everywhere. And it's not that the world changed. It's that your filter changed. Your, your sorting mechanism has been tuned. So I also want to invite you to look at the fact that a lot of what our scripts say will dictate our perception of reality, including what others should and should not be doing. Meaning, if our inner script is one of lack, like no one loves me, I am annoying, no one wants to be around me, that is the filter we are scrubbing through experiences based on. And that is what colors what we expect from other people. And so that's like the, you know, it'll be our interpreter for what everything everybody else does means. So this, in turn, causes us to experience certain emotions as a result of those external interactions. So you might be living out a script of victimization. You might be living out a script of lack of love, lack of attention, of unmet needs. So here's what I want you to think about. There is an opposite script that exists for your experience of the exact same life. You need nothing but to take care of yourself and focus on how you can honor your needs. And if the other person is unaware of your needs 
they are trapped in their own selfish script. It has nothing to do with you. So by that I mean like you could be living out a life that's like I'm being slighted, I'm not being respected, um, this person is not honoring me. But you could flip that exact same reality. Let's say this is a person that's being a dick to you and they're supposed to be nice to you because, you know, they're your parent or whatever it is. You could flip that exact same set of experiences to be, I'm good. I love myself. Um, I, I just, I take care of myself and it is what it is. This other person is kind of stuck and it has nothing to do with me and they're just, you know, it's pretty sad, but they're kind of damaged. So that's the exact same experience uh, or the exact same contents, but just a different script that you bring to it. I'm not saying one is better. I mean, one might not be possible for you. And I do think when it comes to a parent, you have to mourn um, what damage has been done and really go through that process. I digress. <laughs> that was just one example. But the point is the same life. Um, Exact same experience, but the latter one, or yeah, the latter one has just a lot more space and openness and relief. It feels less painful. It's easier. It's straightforward. It's not stifling. And you're not trapped. You're, you're not at the mercy of somebody else. Um, so a lot of these scripts can be inspired in our minds by even just one person's opinions of us or or one person's set of words about us so if they mean to hurt us or wound us let's say you have a script that's i am cold and robotic and um i have no nurturing qualities that might be something somebody has said to you at some point in your life but that will become the highlighter that your brain puts on every experience moving forward another one that i think is pretty common is I have to try hard for people to like me. I have to have something funny or interesting to say. Otherwise, people will not like me. I used to have an inner script that said, you're a bad kid. People can't trust you. You're not reliable or talented. And you should find others who are just as fucked up as you. You can never trust your body. You can never be normal. You always have to hide the truth of who you are because no one's lived as much fucked up stuff as you. And... That kind of isolated me, that script, because my brain was always saying, they're never going to understand you or what it's like to be damaged. It's best not to be open about anything because these people are happy morons. They don't get it. But that is a very self-perpetuating negative script. As you can imagine, it colors all interactions that are possibly, you know, way, moments you could connect to somebody. Um moments that you can relate to somebody and share in like just a regular everyday happy interaction but my brain was literally scanning the environment to prove this case to prove that oh they don't get me i'm the opposite of these happy normal people it also reinforces moments when someone um could not see me or could not intuit what i was thinking so that was my brain's proof for i am alone so we, in our negative perceptions of ourselves, we validate our own isolation. So it's like a loop. But as with all inner scripts, 
The belief reinforces the experience, which reinforces the belief. It's as if we are telling ourselves what to see so that we can validate what we already feel. So that's the MO of a person who is A, unconscious of the habit, and often B, too, unaf- too afraid to you know, look at that, to, to self-examine, to confront stuff that's unprocessed. So what is an inner script in literal terms? It's a habit. It's just a habit of thinking and feeling. It's a a thought that gets repeated too often, and then we just keep repeating it. So I like to think of it like a helmet that shapes our hair and and our brain. (laughs) And um, so it's like a brain helmet. Often we, something we got used to wearing growing up, and we just continue to put it on. And it's got this dirty visor, and that visor shapes our, our perspective and the colors we see in this world unbeknownst to us. And that's because when we grow up, we learn ways to cope with anxiety and worry, and this kind of stays with us in our muscle memory. So it's like we'll reset to this place. We're, we're inclined to go back to this place, even though our lives on the outside might not require us to live from that state anymore. For example, We might have learned not to react. We might have learned over the years that expressing our feelings was too inconvenient or too dangerous or cost us too much pain. Or the insecurity we feel in our relationships once we raise or discuss our needs is too painful. So we inherently say things on the inside um, instead of voicing them on the outside. We put them on ourselves. We tell ourselves um, it's because of us. It also could be because you're just a very fragile person, personality-wise. And therefore, we create a lot of rationales in our mind for dealing with things versus getting feedback from others or talking with others about, you know, what's happening. Instead of having feedback and interaction, it's like it's easier just to, like, internalize and negotiate. Um, and I do think also just the natural experiences we grow up around have a lot to do with whether or not we remain in that fragile state. So if you're forced, you know, if you're thrown into the fire early on you and you have to move through a lot of really difficult experiences for survival, you might actually train yourself out of, you know, a, a certain set of traits that maybe are naturally born into you. In any case, what happens is we become kind of automatic in our responses to life. And we are no longer choosing to respond in a particular way, but our bodies are choosing this for us. For example, if someone confronts you, you might remain quiet instead of speaking your mind. And remaining quiet and speaking your mind are totally valid responses. Both of them are valid. But the important factor is whether or not you are acting from a place that is deliberate or one that is completely unconscious. Because if you're acting from a place that is unconscious, it just means you are giving up your autonomy, your self-respect, to a habit. So the solution, is the first step, is just acknowledging that this exists, that this inner script or muscle memory exists. Notice that you have a lens that is creating a specific reality that is not serving you. And then second, 
recognizing that it has a negative leaning. Like, what is the what is the curve of my life? What is this helmet doing to keep me smaller or to damage my relationships, make my fights bigger than they have to be, make me hide um, in plain sight or, or whatever it is. So with that, I have a couple of tools for this. This is kind of a shorter episode. Um, I was inspired by a, one of the random pages of Courage to Change, which I have recommended to, I don't know how many clients, but also I put it in like eight bajillion web, uh, podcasts before. I'll put a link in the show notes just in case you're like, I've never heard of this book. Um, and I recommend it to everybody, not just people who have like, you know, alcoholic family members. I read it in the context of everyday life. It has nothing, in my opinion, has, it's totally universal. Um, okay, here's a couple tools. First tool is called table read. And by table, I mean your bed or your couch. I, I'm talking about your journal. I literally want you to jot down your scripts. Um, what are the things that go through your head that you might call into consciousness? And I want you to also observe whether or not these are positive scripts or negative scripts. Um, and then I also want you to just like elaborate on any clouds of perception that they create. So what's key here is to study the gray area, like the difference between realities. Like what does this script create in your life? What does it manifest that would otherwise not be there? Um, because this helmet, as I said, changes everything to a slightly warmer hue or a bluer hue. And only that, co that color is just the emotions that you will feel in your life. It changes everything. An optional step two to this tool, cross-examine. Um, if you're feeling confident and bold about this, see whether or not others that you respect in your life, who you trust, um, corroborate any of your scripts. Like this is kind of a cool experiment. Ask a friend, like, do you see me as a cold and robotic person? This is just, again, if you feel really stable and resilient, just to hear this kind of feedback, I don't re recommend asking a person who is jealous of you or unhappy in their own life. The next tool, rewrites. It's gonna sound silly, but I want you to take the inner scripts that are not serving you and flip them to be the exact opposite. So this is really just a practice. It's, it's practicing forcing yourself to make room for the opposite truth, to step back from a belief and just see that everything is also true. You know, there's no such thing as reality. Every reality you perceive, the opposite could also be true at the same time. Um, and this is really just to practice when a, an old script comes up, is just being able to to see that, that the opposite is also possible. So for example, instead of saying, I am harsh and robotic, you might say, maybe I'm nurturing and loving. And just like trying that POV on for a moment. Um, because that will actually alter the, the actions you take following that thought. And I added the word maybe just because it softens a little, a little bit. Um, but it's just an invitation for your brain to perceive the possibility of the opposite. Because then you might actually see that to be true. Um, okay, the next tool is a mantra. All possibilities 
all possible realities exist simultaneously. Uh, that one I just love for myself. I don't know if that'll resonate with you, but like all possible realities exist simultaneously. It's true. Like everything you perceive about your future and your past and yourself currently could change now if you got a different piece of information in like, you know, one moment could change the way you perceive yourself and your life. It's like those moments when, um, you know, we perceive ourselves to be behind or have nothing. And then something changes where we're like, oh, I am doing great and I have a lot. It's usually in the wake of something that has left or um, something major that gives us that perspective. That's just a mantra to remind yourself of that. Uh, another version of this mantra is the opposite is also true. The opposite is also true, or you could say the opposite is also true somewhere. So this is for stuff like, um, um, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at this. I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe you actually know a lot more than you think it, you do. Like the opposite is also true. You are also really good at what you're doing. I don't know if that, probably not a good example. I think this is one is more for um, stuff like body dysmorphia. Um, it, like your the the POV of beauty um, changes like in a day. It can change. I mean, it goes slower usually, but like it changes. It'll change so much over the course of your lifetime, including what you appreciate about yourself. So when you have a really really harsh thought about yourself let's say that to do with your appearance the you could believe the opposite also it just would take a very specific set of circumstances for you to be able to access that perception so these mantras are really just reminders and if you if your brain haunts you with whatever negative script that you have and like reinforces how stupid it is that you would possibly question that this is absolutely obviously true then um I would say if you can go into like a meditative blank state of mind, like I don't know if you have access to that where you're kind of like your mind's empty. Um, that I would say is the best state to use a mantra like this. Just to, it's, it's almost like getting to that state of blankness where you're not like so heavily identified in the ego and then remembering like, I have no idea what reality is. Come this brain computer is the only um, interpreter I have. And an equally, there's an equally other true reality that exists right now if I just was able to change the thoughts I'm having. Um, and if you are trying to say it to yourself and you still don't believe you, um, then believe me when, <laughs> when I tell you, you could be proven wrong in your script in a single moment. Culture could change, context, every context will change, but you will be proven wrong in all the scripts you have at some point in your life. Your perspective can change dramatically um, in a single moment. And in fact, I believe it will change so that you will see the opposite truth clearly, but just maybe you can't from right here, right now. Um, and again, these scripts I'm talking about specifically are just the negative self-judgment, um, negative self-talk. 
All right. Meandering tools, I know. So I hope that, <laughs> that one made sense. Next tool I have is um, recognizing bad dialogue or going for this script metaphor here. Um, but just like really when you hear other people's scripts, just recognize it like, oof, that was a poorly written line. And take note in particular of the other of the ones that are off from others at you just even see them coming just recognize that they even exist like if somebody says something a judgment about you just separate from it a little bit and be like oh that's a you've got some weird scripts going in your head because that's not accurate to me um and and for that matter, also look at the, the scripts that you might have for other people, because those can really heavily guide how you categorize conversations and interpret the meaning of interactions you have with others. Like, for example, you might have a script that's like, I'm being taken advantage of and mistreated, and you're supposed to be nice to me. And that might be coloring things to be, you know, you're a victim under underfoot, and that just makes everything so much more dramatic. It put th puts things into a very specific play, one that is you know dire with like uh, a suicide at the end and like crazy melodramatic music versus um, really ordinary and boring and in inconsequential and perhaps doesn't mean anything at all. Maybe it means you know. This is one day in, you know, 50 years of knowing a person and means very little in the context of life. Just like one random bad day. I don't know if those examples made sense, but I hope they did. <laughs> um, I hope you got something out of this. I am uh, I'm unsure. But before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors. I want to thank a new donor, Defana. Thank you so much for your donation. I very much appreciate it. And Joanne, a huge donation from you, from the Yay With Me site. Thank you both so, so much. And thank you to all my monthly sponsors and all of the people who have donated. I appreciate it. It helps this show come to life. And if anyone has the means to make a donation, head to yaywithme.com or find me on Patreon. And if not, if you could share it some with somebody who needs it, I would appreciate that. Um, and thank you all for your kind letters and... I love you all very much. So in closing, the goal is to become aware that there are alternate experiences of your exact reality and make room to change them, you know, to, to choose the one that's serving you, that's helpful to you, that actually also um, gives you leverage on your own life. Because when you can make room for these other interpretations to come about, and when you can come back to the possibility and the awareness um, that, you know, you are always in flux. Things are always in flux. We're all fluid. It's like everybody, all humans are kind of like water, bubbles of water. And we're just flowing in and out of each other and, you know, changing each other all the time, interpreting each other, changing our interpretations of ourselves. Um, and it's always changing what we see in life and what we see as valuable in life. And I, I personally think of that as a great relief. Because it means you don't have to, you know, not everything is so dire. We don't have to know everything about ourselves and our future. And there's no such thing as, you know, where, where we stand permanently. Like, you're always changing. 
Everything is always in flux. Um, and you can't know everything about your future. You can't decide it because everything about you changes just with an emotion, with a perspective. Everything about what you see in your own life changes when you feel a certain emotion. And you can change everything in your life just by changing the way you react to it. And that process is initiated by creating simple space, like a tiny backup step, just a tiny, tiny step to like, you know, moving your neck back a tiny bit, just to consider other ways of viewing this that maybe give you a little bit more room to breathe and a little bit more um, control and power and autonomy. That's all. So just, this is really about just taking one tiny step back and giving yourself a little room, giving yourself uh, maybe, uh, and I will try to question my script around things. And in order to act appropriately and respond rationally to others, you must first learn to act appropriately and respond rationally to yourself. And to do that, you have to act with thoughtfulness and kindness and with patience and respect and openness. Even in reaction to the parts of you that are momentarily trapped by anger and fear. You too deserve kindness and consideration and not harsh reactivity. But with that, I hope this helps and I send you my love and don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.